In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're celebrating today. What a fitting feast. After everything we've celebrated in this time, we're celebrating the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three divine persons. We've been, after the birth of Jesus at Christmas, and then his life amongst us, and then going through Lent, preparation for his death, in which he dies on the cross to save us, but then rises from the dead to give us new life, then ascends to the Father and sends us the Holy Spirit. All of that was so that God could reveal to himself not only who he is, but who we are. And that's what we celebrate today. This feast that of God, our God has revealed himself to us. He's a community of love, a family, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This mystery of the Holy Trinity. You know, the priest asked the kindergartners if they knew what the Holy Trinity was. And one little girl said, that's our belief that there's one God in three persons. And the priest was kind of deaf, so he didn't hear her very well. And he said, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. And she said, you're not supposed to understand. It's a mystery, you dummy. <laughs> we know the story of St. Augustine who was walking on the beach. And whether it's true or legend, I'm not sure. But he was walking along and he came across this boy who had a little pail and was going over the ocean and filling it up and bringing it over and pouring it into this hole that he had dug. And St. Augustine asked him, what are you doing? St. Augustine, while he was walking on the beach, was trying to understand this, this truth about the mystery of the Trinity. And the boy said, I'm going to take all of that water that's in the ocean and I'm going to put it in this hole that I dug over here. And he said, you can't do that. It's impossible. And the little boy said, as impossible as it is for you to understand the mystery of the Trinity with your little head. You know? It's Jesus who is revealing to him, look, this is a mystery of me revealing to you the truth of who we are. Not you trying to idealize it in your head and figure it out all on your own. You have to accept it as a truth that comes from God. Who else would come up with such a thing? Only God could come up with the Trinity. Now, any human being who would have invented, we believe in one God that's one and three and all the rest, everybody would have said, that's not logical, it's ridiculous. And yet God has revealed himself as such. One God and three divine persons. The unity of their substance. And each person with its individuality of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the most concise profession of our faith. We start everything we do as Christians in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We don't say in the names, we say in the name because it's one God of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This community of love. It's a mystery. But what is a mystery? I mean, we're accustomed in our society of thinking of mysteries as these weird and strange things. It's mysterious. Ooh, we don't know what it is there. That's a mysterious type of thing. No. Mystery comes from the word in Greek, mysterion. And the word in Greek, mysterion, means something that is hidden and is made known. Something beyond our knowledge that is revealed to us in order to understand it. We can understand and know that God is one in three, three in one, 
because he has revealed himself to us, this reality that is there has been opened up for us in our small, feeble minds like St. Augustine's to understand who God is because he has opened himself up to us. We believe in the Trinity because God has revealed himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we profess this. We'll profess it in our creed with 12 different articles as we pray in just a moment. But we profess it every time we make the sign of the cross, the sign of our redemption, and say, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It's one God in three persons. It's a, yes, beyond our understanding, but understandable for us because God has made it so. You know, if you go to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, there's a hint there about this. When God's creating the world, it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God said, Let there be fish in the sea. And there were fish in the sea. And God said, Let there be this. And there was this. Let there be that. And there was that. But then it comes to the creation of the human person. And it doesn't say, God said, Let there be. No, it says, And God said, Let us create man in our own image. And so God created man in his image, male and female. He created them in the image of God. He created them. And just as in the Father and the Son, their love for one another is so intense, so profound, that it's actually a third person, the Holy Spirit, is the love of the Father and the Son. It's so in the man and the woman, their love is so intense, so intimate, so profound, we have a third person in the child. The family was created in the image of God. God is a community of love. And thus, we are meant to reflect his love as a triune God to the world. Our marriages are sacred. Our families are sacred. And they need to be respected as such and give a, a witness to the world of who God is. Because that's what an image does. It refers back to what it's imaging. And you see... These statues in the back, you don't just look at the statue, you're reflecting on St. Joseph or Mary or Jesus. You're going to the, what's beyond. You are the image of God, created by God in his image, and are called to reflect what is beyond you, which is him, and God is love. Now we could go on and on and talk about the Trinity and try to explain it as throughout the ages they have is the light, the candle with its heat, its, its light, its warmth, etc. Or the, the three-leaf clover, different ways people have tried to explain it. I think that the image of the family is one of the best ways because that's the way God explained it when he created us. But yesterday when I got to the sacristy, I opened up the readings and took another look at them real quick and something jumped off the page and just struck me. And I hadn't considered it before. And I want to share it with you. Because the Trinity is not about just looking at God and saying, wow, that's awesome. No, what's it mean for you? What's it mean for each one of us that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I am created in his image? Well, right here, the first reading, what stuck out to me was, if we're going to imitate him, we've got, to, we've got our work ahead of us. Because Moses, at the end of this reading, says to the Lord, then he said, if I find favor with you, O Lord, 
do come along in our company. And they be with us, lead us, guide us, show us the way. Why? Moses says, this is indeed a stiff-necked people. Yet pardon our wickedness and sins and receive us as your own. Wow. I don't know if he was writing that for us or for them. A stiff-necked people that needs pardon for our wickedness and sins. It was for all humanity. We were created in the image of God, and we've distorted that image because of our wickedness and our sins, our stiff-neckedness, so to speak, right? That we turn away from God and rather turning toward him. And we are called to reflect his image. So we need to reverse that. We need to mend our ways, as St. Paul will say to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice. And then what's the next word? Mend your ways. Encourage one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. In other words, rejoice because God has restored what we lost. But now we have to mend our ways and not keep living according to the old way, but the way that God wants us to, reflecting his love, his peace, his harmony to the world. And the God of love and peace will be in you. You see, you are a temple of the Holy Trinity. Through your baptism, you receive that grace. You're not just created in the image of God, but have been restored by him through grace in order to share in his divine life on earth through the sacraments. And so as a temple of the Holy Spirit, as a temple of the Holy Trinity, you are called to transpire, to, to, to transmit to the world this presence of God in your soul. Through your words, through your actions, through the way we treat one another. How often instead of encouraging one another and agreeing with one another and living in peace, we do just the opposite. We criticize one another, we judge one another, we talk about one another, we, the opposite of what the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit do. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit aren't constantly looking about what's wrong in the other. We oftentimes tend to do that. You know, there shouldn't be division in the church, there shouldn't be division in our hearts, there shouldn't be division in our families. There should be unity and peace so that the love and peace of God will be in us. My words, not his. I mean, his words, not mine. <laughs> That's called lapsus lingue. <laughs> Slip of the tongue. That's his words. No. Mend your ways. Transform yourself. Allow me in you to make you mine. Allow me to be through you a light for the world. Allow my love in you to overflow for the one sitting next to you. Yeah. And we shouldn't do this in a sad way, like, oh, i got to get rid of my sins. No. Brothers and sisters, rejoice. Paul to the Philippians will say, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. In other words, we should live, as St. Augustine said, we are Easter people and hallelujah is our song because God has restored us and given us life and, and, and we're filled with the Trinity. And so we are, are called to transmit that, to give that, to share that. And you don't have to go far to do it. Ask yourself right now, are you doing that with the person that is sitting next to you in this pew that you came to church with today? 
when you're at home, or with the person that you work with when you go to work? Am I fulfilling this gift that God has given by sharing his divine love and life and peace and unity and harmony with those around me that are closest to me before I even step out the door and try to do it with somebody else? Because oftentimes that's where it's hardest because those are the people we live with 24-7. And it's easier to get upset with and angry at and yell at and do all that kind of stuff. And that's where God wants me to be his light and his love, his peace and his unity, encouraging one another, agreeing with one another, living in peace. I fail at this all the time. Uh, first and foremost, I'm the one who needs to work harder on this because I do a lousy job. I'm so far from being what God wants me to be. I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we've got a long way to go to really allow the love of God to dwell in our hearts in such a way that people don't see me anymore. They don't see. St. Paul said, it's no longer me, but Christ who lives in me. The Holy Trinity who is present in your soul wants his love to be shared by you. You're, so to speak, his hands and feet, eyes and nose and mouth and ears. How am I doing? We all need to ask ourselves that question. See, the, 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 the feast, the solemnity of the Holy Trinity isn't just about standing in awe before this marvelous God, which we should do and we better do. The fear of the Lord in the right sense. But it's about allowing that same God who created me in his image to make that image perfect within me so that I can share his love with others. When the world looks at me, does it see him? When my wife or husband look at me, am I sharing his love with them? My children or my parents? No, my brothers and sisters? My neighbors? My friends? My enemies? My coworkers? Doesn't matter who. We are called by God, created by him to be his image, restored by him in that image, through his son, Jesus Christ, who died for that reason, to save us from our sin so that we could turn away from our wickedness and sins, mend our ways, and learn to encourage one another, agree with one another, share with one another, be at peace and harmony and unity. In the Eucharistic prayer, in just a moment, we'll say these words. No. After the Eucharistic prayer. No. Peace and unity according to your will, O Lord. Let's ask God to give us the grace on this, his holy day, this holy feast, in which we honor him as our God, in which we can sincerely say every time we do it, that what I'm going to do now, I do in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's not one of these quick, I'm used to doing it, blessings kind of thing. Some people actually do the sign of the cross like this. No consciousness, totally unaware. Yeah. Start your day and do it consciously. Make that sign of the cross on your body, in yourself. Unite your heart to Jesus, to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. And say, I'm going to do this in you, God. I'm going to be your son or your daughter today. And I'm going to live for you. And my words are going to be yours. My actions are going to be yours. Because I'm doing this in your name, for your honor, for your glory, for the good of my brothers and sisters. I bet we treat each other a whole lot better. Judge each other a whole lot less criticize at all, none, 
because we would be more attentive to wanting the good, the harmony, the peace, the joy, and the salvation of each other instead of thinking ourselves better or worse or more righteous or less righteous or, right? Whatever our wickedness and sin leads us to do. Let's ask God to help us to rejoice in him, to mend our ways, and to allow his light and his trinity to shine through each one of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.